Welcome to the Service Driven Life Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Clark, and I have set up over 4,000 nonprofits and received over $10 million in grant funding. This podcast is designed to highlight community heroes and give tips on nonprofit and service-based business growth. Hello, nonprofits, and welcome back to our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to be providing you with weekly content now, which is a lot different because we were every other week. And it's just been so exciting because I've been able to connect with more of you guys. Today, I'm excited first to congratulate Mikhail for getting her 501c3. She got about two weeks ago. Um, But today we're interviewing one of our nonprofits who just got their 501c3, getting started in the nonprofit space. So go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. I am so excited to be here um, and super excited. I wanted to do a bum, 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 bum when you were announcing the nonprofit that we just got two weeks ago. So um, still floating on that. But hello, everyone. My name is Mikkel. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. And I am the executive director of Revolutionary Healing for the People Incorporated and Revolutionary Healing LLC. Awesome. Well, tell us about the organization, how it was birthed, what inspired you to start a nonprofit? It's been a journey and a beautiful journey. Um, I was inspired to start doing the work based off of work that I was doing prior. So I was working at a university for eight years. And by the time I'd left, I was primarily working with black folks and people of color, um, black students and students of color, and just hearing their stories and understanding a little bit more of what it took to create healing spaces that supported black folks in particular really got my wheels spinning. So when I, actually when the pandemic started, I started dreaming about what it would look like to do my own thing, to create my own business and really let myself dream big about what that could look like. Um, I think for me initially, I was a little nervous to say, I'm just focusing on Black folks, right? Because you don't often see that, especially in the healing and wellness space. And language was really vague at first. It's like revolutionary healing. Um, our mission was to make healing as accessible as possible. And we do that through offering holistic wellness coaching, one-on-one, yoga, meditation, um, and workshops around wellness topics in general. But it wasn't until George Floyd got murdered that I really took a look at the website. And at this point we were in LLC. Um, and I, something was just like, it, we explicitly need language that says this is a healing space for black women and fans. Mm-hmm. You know, we explicitly need that. And so literally, I think I was watching the news and I just went onto the website and I started updating the language. Um, and I was like, this is it. Like it felt very aligned. And because of the language that I use, because of the way that we share our story and just really talk about the beauty of creating opportunities to heal and how that's connected to Black liberation, it's been really wonderful to see how the community has responded, to see the clients that we've been able to work with. And, you know, the pivot point from LLC to to nonprofit really came because I have felt like 
I don't want people to have to pay, right? Like we're healing from the impacts of our oppression. And a lot of the folks I work with, all folks I work with are black identified. Most of the folks I work with are queer, non-binary, trans identified. And so there's a lot of life that was happening. And it felt like an opportunity to be able to support community in a different way. Like if I could smooth some things out on the, that side for them and create a structure that could support folks in a different way um, and allow them to, without worry, be able to focus on their healing, um, yeah, then that would be a beautiful thing. And that's really what start me, started me on that process. Now, have you got any like negative feedback or anything like that since being focused on one community? Because like as a nonprofit, we're also focused on specifically seeing more minority leaders in the nonprofit side, creating services and not just being on the receiving side of services, because we feel like you get more impact done when people can see themselves in you. So have you got any negative feedback and what has been the positive? Because I know when you call out who you're serving, it just makes them feel so much more at home when they're connecting to your services and things like that as well. Yes, really good question. You know, no, I haven't gotten any negative feedback. And I was just having this conversation last night because I will get uh, feedback from other holistic wellness practitioners and other people in the wellness space who are black identified who will say, I could never, I could never, you know, I, I really do want to just work with black folks, but I could never put that on my website or, you know, like there's this fear that alienate, alienating middle America or white people, or, you know, whatever we may frame that as is, is going to be negative for our business. And, and as I reflect on that, and as I share that with my colleagues, I'm like, I've, I have not received any pushback at all, I do get way more positive. I get people when they find our services, they're like, what, this exists? Oh my goodness. Yes, we need this. I get a lot of like, yes, come on, we need this. <laughs> and it's continuing to be affirming that we are on the right path because folks do feel seen. And that is one of our kind of, um, like our motto is like, we see you. <laughs> um, yeah, making sure that Black women and femmes are seen, affirmed, and uplifted on their paths towards holistic wellness, because those are things that are often lacking in other, in more general and other spaces. So that continues to be affirmed. So it's been feeling really good. And one thing I noticed is actually a lot of the people I'm linked to right now, I know our marketing coach, uh, the name of her podcast is... Um, Oh man, it's something with the Latinas in it. Mm -hmm. I forgot the name, but it's something with Latinas in it. And so she was nervous about that. Like, what about people who don't identify as Latina, which I'm partial Puerto Rican, but it was like, even if I wasn't, I would still fall. I'm not going to not follow because, you know, there are always going to be people like when you see, uh, I was just watching some show about a historical black college. And I always think it's interesting to see non-black, you know, people there, but they're always going to still support if, you know, if they, if they feel like it's a good place for them to support, it doesn't, it only is saying, these are the people that we're focusing on, but yes. it doesn't shut out people who yes. don't identify with those titles. Absolutely. I went to an HBCU and we definitely had non-Black folks that went there that were a part of the community. And similarly, you know, 
anyone can follow our social media pages. Anyone can come to most of our events. Some of our events are closed spaces, but we have folks from all different backgrounds that might follow. And that's one of the beautiful things about having organizations and work that reflects diverse perspectives is that it actually does create space for different perspectives from everyone, right? Like the way we frame things um, regarding holistic wellness and health on our social media, it gives everyone an opportunity to liberate themselves and the, on the, you know, very strict ideas that European standards of health and wellness have con constricted our community with everyone gets liberated regardless of their identity. And so I think that's important to remember and that that fear is often something that is just perpetuated, but it's not really something that is going to prevent us from being successful at the work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll even be more successful as you're calling out the different audience, as you get more specific, I've noticed it's easier because there's a saying that goes in the marketing world, whether you're LLC or a nonprofit, if you're trying to help everybody, you're not going to help anybody. Yeah. And so it's just really hard for every for anyone to feel at home if you're trying to do all these things. And that's a common challenge that a lot of our nonprofits have. They want to do homeless help and veterans and build houses and, you know, and just all these different things. And it's hard to really get any momentum because they're focused on too many things. So yeah. um, speaking on social media, let's talk a little bit about that. I noticed that you are pretty comfortable on camera. And, you know, I just found out you also have a YouTube, but have social media accounts and you're doing pretty well on there. Are there any tips you can give? That will probably be the number two challenge of a lot of my nonprofits is that they don't want to speak up virtually. They're nervous on camera. Um, have you always been like that first off? Not really. It's definitely been a journey. I think I have always wanted to be someone who was more comfortable behind camera, mm -hmm. but the reality is that it has just grown over the past year or two. Um, if I could give any advice, I would say two things really come up for me. One is to understand which platforms may be the best for you. And that's not just regarding who your community is and where they are, because depending on demographics, different platforms may be more popping for them, but which ones are you more comfortable with? Yeah. Which ones do you feel like you have a relationship with? Because that's going to make it a lot easier. Um, so that would definitely be my first tip. And that is where my decisions on social media first started from. When I first started with Revolutionary Healing, I didn't have an Instagram because I wasn't feeling so connected to that site. But I did love YouTube. <laughs> and so I started the YouTube channel at the start of the pandemic when I knew that I wanted to build this business. And it was actually called Revolutionary Healing. A lot of people don't know this. Um, but I started offering tips about wellness. And from that first episode, one of the things I mentioned was that travel was wellness for me. Mm -hmm. And so once we could travel again, I'll be sharing tips and things like that. Well, as things started progressing, I started really noticing that 
the community that was following us on YouTube was really hungry for more travel content. So over time, it evolved into a primarily travel-centered platform. It's called Travel Well with Mikkel now. Um, and I ended up getting on Instagram for Revolutionary Healing because even though I'm not as connected to it, that was where community was. So um, just a little bit about figuring out what worked and some trial and error there. But the second tip I would give is literally to just record, to just get behind the camera. And it sounds almost oversimplified and it sounds almost like we're trivializing the experience of fear behind camera. But the reality is that the people who you see that are comfortable behind camera, the people who you see that are creating content, we've all started from zero followers. We've all started from, you know, feeling awkward behind camera. We've all started from there. And I would say it took me at least a good six months to a year before I really felt like I was more comfortable. And the more I do it, the more comfortable I become. Yeah, Um, that's good. Those are both two tips that I would definitely second. Um, We went live every single week for three and a half years. And when I was doing it, I thought, okay, I'm doing this as more marketing, as more promotion. I realized in hindsight, I was doing it for me because there were so many things that would happen live. You would miss up your words. The person wouldn't show up for some reason, had an emergency, things happen. And now you got to come up with something, you know, and it was like boot camp. I was like, oh, now podcast recording something we can actually record and maybe edit something out I can do that but I would definitely agree that I'm not a natural behind the camera but that has helped that helped me a lot um to really just every time I went live it was like another training for me and another training so that's so important that you just do it and as you do it of course you're going to get better and better over time but first you have to get started yeah I felt way more robotic in the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Now, finally, I'm feeling like, okay, my personality is coming out in my content more. Like I'm feeling like I can connect with people. And we actually do lives on Instagram on the Revolutionary Healing page um, once a month now, live meditations. Um, So I'm coming to connect. What what day per month? What um it's on the new moon every okay. month. So if you follow the page, you'll get updates. Awesome. That sounds good. Yeah, live is live can be hardcore. <laughs> I tell you. You just never know what's gonna happen. And then definitely on specifying in, I like how you talked a little bit about um sinking your stuff down as you noticed that the community wanted more of this because ultimately you exist for the community so kind of like okay we see that this is a need how can I serve more in this specific area it's going to change over time we actually just went to only reels on Instagram and stories reels were easy to do the community is seeming like they want more reels right now and that's an easy area to share and every piece of content we were doing image carousel all of that stuff could be um, translated in some type of way to a type of reel. So we're like, how can we just make this simple? Same for podcasts. We just went to weekly on podcasts, but um, going to podcasts, period, from those lives, that was because we needed to be able to, number one, go on vacation. We literally Mm -hmm. would work (laughs) every vacation or every, but the great thing about podcasts is you can record ahead of time and they could still go out consistently. It was like, when we transitioned to this, it was like, oh, this is smooth selling. You don't have to worry about a lot and even connection when you're traveling. 
you know, that's another issue when it comes to live. So definitely, absolutely find out what works for you. Uh, What other challenges would you say just in general when it comes to starting in the nonprofit space or just business alike uh, that have stood out for you? Hmm. Challenges, I think for me, come probably down to me wanting to make moves when I should have just stayed still, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with listening to community and seeing what people are needing and kind of getting a a feel for the flow of what your relationship is going to be with community. Um, I have since learned a lot more about being patient and giving space to the work as it's developing. Uh, if I would have from the very beginning said, I'm going to start a nonprofit without having had that experience of starting a sole proprietorship and LLC and giving it some space and seeing what people were drawn to and what people weren't really drawn to and the types of people who were wanting to connect with our services, I, I think I would have been a little in over my head, mm-hmm. but I have learned a lot more about patience as being a business owner, right? We we have this idea going back to these very status quo kind of colonized views of what starting a business looks like, where people will say, you got to plan it, you stick with it, you just keep going, it's going to get hard, but you just keep going. And really the things that I've learned, and I'm a very spiritual person, obviously the work is very spiritual. Um, it's really paying attention to what feels al- aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, So really being clear on my why, knowing what I have to offer and really noticing when things are feeling aligned and when they're not. So not being afraid to shift when things weren't feeling aligned Mm -hmm. uh, without this pressure of being like, you know, this idea that maybe I wasn't a good business owner because I dropped this part of my work. And I'll tell this a quick story, um, which I have probably told before, but it feels very much representative of this idea. But when I first started, I had an Etsy store and I was making herbal medicine and put a lot of energy into the packaging. And, you know, I loved making herbal medicine at that time. And people were saying, this is the, this is the one, like, this is the part of the business, right? It was Instagrammable because folks were taking pictures when they would get their packages and people were like, you, this can be multi-million. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are those parts of yourself that are like, really y'all like, this is amazing. But for me, I did not feel like the supply and demand of making medicine at a higher rate or potentially, you know, turning that over to someone who wasn't as heart-centered, and also being somebody who likes to travel um, and wanted to move abroad and move around the world, it just didn't feel like it was supportive of long-term and it didn't feel aligned with my vision of working with community. And so I let that part of the business go. And I think a lot of people at that time were like, why would you do that? But they didn't really understand that I had a different vision and plan. Um, and so the way that things have flourished since then have really been affirming of that. Wow. So being okay with getting rid of some stuff. Yeah. Like I literally, I would say for the past probably 
five years. <laughs> I have been, my business has been about letting go of stuff or outsourcing something. You know what? That's actually, we let go of our YouTube. We, the first video I did on YouTube was like 20K views. So like my very first video went and I was like, you know what? Let me, let me try to focus on this. But I swear every video after that, and there was some time between the first video, but every video after that was like a struggle or whatnot. And I just realized one year, I think this was a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what, this is not really feeling aligned. It's not growing the way I want it to grow. We get a lot of um, a lot of people specifically from Facebook, Instagram. Why not put all of our attention into there and you know leave this 1% so that we can focus our attention. Even though we love, I wanted to do, you just can't be everywhere. You yes. can't be on YouTube or Clubhouse or on Instagram or without, again, not feeling aligned because one of the things our job I feel like is specifically as minority women is to show that entrepreneurship is not just about that hustle mentality. Yeah. Yeah. It's about taking care of yourself as well as the CEO. How will you create if you're not taking care of yourself? You know, I had a sick day yesterday and I was so frustrated. Like, <laughs> It was just 24 hours. Thank God, you know, there was a 24 hour thing or whatnot, but I was so frustrated, like in tears because I couldn't just keep working. I was like that sick. I was like, I just need to lay down. I can't do nothing. And like, I just, you know, it's just, you have to like work yourself out of that because I always used to wear it almost as a badge of honor. Like, oh, if I'm not, oh, whatever, I'm still going to work. I still, especially if you work from home or whatnot, but it's not a badge of honor. You have to give yourself that permission to take care of yourself and know that whatever experience you're having right now is probably the best experience for you. So if you're at this growth level, but you want to be here, there are probably some things you need to learn right here. Or one of the things that I realized is if I was at this area of my business, I might not be able to take some time back. I might not have set up that system to take some time back to if I'm sick or having a sick day or something or, or of that nature. So being okay with where you are and growing, you mentioned that a little bit earlier, trying to grow faster than you really have processed thought yet as far as processing the, the situation. So many thoughts on that. I think the level of discernment that I have gained as a business owner, doing something that I'm passionate about, I could go all day. I've had to learn how to know when to cut myself off, what's a healthy balance. What does a work day even mean when you're working for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily going to be eight hours. Sometimes it's 10 hours. Sometimes it's three hours in mm -hmm. the day. Um, and I think a big lesson I'd had to learn was not listening to the shoulds that everybody else was saying, because everybody has their ideas on what it means to be a business owner. Yeah. You should do this. You should be here. You should look into that. You should apply for this X, Y, Z. And I had to develop this discernment to, again, going back to that, what is aligned and what's not aligned, what's for me, what's not for me. And also just that those boundaries, yeah. really setting those boundaries so that I'm not overwhelming myself because I can't do everything. So absolutely, I want a yeah. life. <laughs> You're going to operate better when you have those boundaries. I remember yeah. a big adjustment for me was when I got my business phone and separated from my work phone and had regular times where I just cut it off. And there were people here and there that didn't understand it. Like they're on the notification drip is what I call it. At this point, I can't stand any notifications. I'm like, if I want to be in there looking in that 
area, Facebook, Instagram, email, I will go inside that room is what I call it and do what I need to do in that room. I don't need you constantly bombarding me with like notifications. So that was a huge boundary um, that I was able to set. And we've been able to be pretty consistent with responding within 24 hours. And most people are okay with it or they get used to it once they start connecting with your services and products and you're able to set that tone, you know? So it's so important. I mean, can I just say that what you're speaking on right now is speaking directly to me because I think that would be really helpful for me at this stage Hmm. too, Hmm. with everything coming on one device and so many socials. And I try not to have so many notifications on, but I do think it's getting to that point where having a bit more of a separation because right now in the online world, you know, many of us are on screens all the time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm something I've noticed is that we don't have that transition time as much, right? When I was work walking from one meeting to another meeting or driving it to into a meeting, there's a certain amount of grounding, reflection, mm-hmm. breathing, transition time that has completely gone out of the window. A lot of folks are scheduled back to back to back on their devices and aren't really taking that time to pause. And so Absolutely. that's definitely something that if you have to schedule it in, um, it's so vital. And the counterintuitive part is that you'll actually be more productive, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I do feel in, entitled to say, to say, we don't have to take breaks just for productivity. Like we're worthy of taking breaks and rest just because we're worthy of that. Mm-hmm. But we think going and going and going is going to get the most done, but actually taking a break, pausing, getting something to eat, taking a breather. Those are the things that help us be more sustainable in our work. Yes. Just lunch. I started actually scheduling lunch this week. Like (laughs) get up, not bring my husband cook. So not have him have it here and on my computer and things like that. Actually take some time off for lunch. You're the CEO. You get to decide how this works. You get to decide. And you know, if you're, if there are people who are working for another company and they're giving themselves time for lunch and things like that, the entrepreneurial experience should be even better because it's custom to what's going to benefit you. It's funny you say about scheduling. I actually had on my calendar yesterday, whole space. And my mm-hmm. assistant called like, what is that? Who is that client host? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's just space. I don't want to schedule anything here. Yes. I want a funny thing. That's the day that I started not feeling well. And so it's yeah. like somehow I didn't even, wasn't even thinking that when I, I just knew that if I didn't put something there, somebody could, you know, uh, click with my calendarly link and schedule. And so I didn't know, of course, that I wouldn't be feeling well. And it's so funny you talk about screen time because the one thing that I could not do during that whole time for some reason is look at any screen. So it's like your body will force you yes. to, you know, to because you think, oh, I'm not feeling well, I could just put my laptop in the bed. But it was like, that was what was bothering me, any screen. So like my body was like, you know what? I'm going to take give you some non-screen time. So it's so important to just honor that and honor that when you fill your cup, you'll do your best in filling everybody else's cup who you want to serve, you know? So tell us where we can link up with you for those who want to follow, support, maybe volunteer. Where can they find you? Yes, you can find us at www.revolutionaryhealing.org. You can email me, feel free at info at revolutionaryhealing.org. If y'all are on Instagram, definitely check us out. We do uh, meditations live, or you can catch the replay every new moon. I do 
monthly yoga sessions that you can connect with. All of our yoga sessions are currently free. And, or if you just want to connect and say what's up or connect with the material that's there, feel free to, we would love to be in community with y'all. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining. And thank you guys for following and supporting. If you are looking to start a nonprofit, know that you can download our free crash course on clarkandclark.org. If you're looking for funding and compliance, we also have a new blueprint that we're doing and helping with that. We've received over $11 million in grant funding and we've got over 4,000, 4,001 yes. <laughs> nonprofits <laughs> with their approval now. So and thank you. Thank you no for the problem. work that you do. No problem. All right, guys, I will see you all in the next episode.